Hey everyone, this is At Home with Lyndon Drew Scott. It's the first week of 2020. How are you feeling? I thought we'd start out slow this year, this new decade, but then we went hard. We have our new magazine launching. Reveal launches January 10th. And this magazine is a lifestyle focus. It's food, travel, home, health and fitness, anything that can inspire you in your life. And we have our podcast we've launched. Anything else you want to launch? Uh, oh, I thought you said lunch. Anything else lunch. you want to lunch? Yes, I want lunch. <laughs> I'm looking at a bag of cheddar and sour cream chips. Mm. Is that sticking to my resolution? That is a massive bag of chips. I can literally stick my two feet in there. That's gross. <laughs> I said that. But the bag is that big. Sticky toes. I can literally... Oh, that's a new... Oh my goodness. That's a new version of potato sack race because it's a bag of potato chips. So you, as you race, you hold the bag with one hand and you eat the chips out of the bag yeah. with the other hand. And the first person to empty their bag wins. Yes. That's the perfect New Year's resolution. That's it. Really, the only resolution is to spend more downtime with family and friends. Less go, go, go with work and a little bit more enjoyable time with family and friends. Well, we got a lot of that this holiday. We had 18 of our friends and family stay with us this holiday is in one house. Is that really resting? Is that really relaxation and downtime? <laughs> that sounds like more work than work. <laughs> but it was fun work. Yeah, I mean, we love having everyone around. How about yourself? What are your resolutions? Are you on track? Uh, I think so. I, I think I started on December 31st. I went to an amazing yoga class with two of my sisters, our friend Mel and my mom, and it was great just to end the year off to set the intention for this year. Now, when you were there having your Zen moment and you're really getting in that vibe that was going to set you on the right path for the new year, do you know why I wasn't there? Oh, yeah, because you were still sleeping. No, I got up. I was working. You had oh, me. Right. You guys had me babysit <laughs> the five nieces and nephews. So my Zen moment was at home with five kids, six and under, you running around and screaming. You volunteered. I will. I'll be honest. They're amazing, and we had a lot of fun. We watched Monsters Inc. We played some games. We did some coloring, maybe a little bit of baking. And by baking, I mean we ate the cookies that you guys made. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I, I enjoyed it. We got a lot of good cuddle time with the kiddos, and we also got game nights with our friends. Game nights are the best nights. This week, we're sitting down to chat with Ashley Green, and we just did an epic game night with her and her husband, Paul. There were like 12 people there. It was like four or five different games. We did code names. Running charades. I was, I was actually sweating at the end of it. I was so nervous, because I... I feel like I'm not great at charades, and I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. I'm just like jumping up and down. You should see my face. My, like my palms are sweaty just thinking about it. That's, but you're actually, you are good at it though, because you actually, if you and I are on the same team, we're good at it because we know what movies and TV shows we like. We also played Mafia for the first time. Everyone and their dog talks about Mafia, and it was fun. That's a bit like, um, what's that game? Spyfall, which we've yeah. played. And you actually have a very good poker face because you play all innocent. I do? Well, you play innocent. Actually, your poker face is just pretending to be incompetent in the game. <laughs> what do I do here? What do I do there? And then you're the you mafia. Really playing? For game night, it's always fun as long as you win. I don't want to be on your team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mind not, not winning, but I just, I love yeah, uh, the whoa, strategy. Whoa, wait, what? I don't mind not winning. I'm just, <laughs> granted, I'm very competitive and I want to win, but it doesn't mean we have to win. I just want to let everyone know that on New Year's Eve, we played charades and my team beat Drew's team by like Four points. Listen. I'm listening. No, I just want to say listen. Oh. <laughs> and what, what's your story? That's it? That's my story. I just wanted to tell everyone that I beat Drew. Well, me and my team, my amazing team. And you know, it's nice for me to let you win from time to time. Uh -huh. I, uh, we you were could, crying. I could not. No, we had a hard time with that, but it, it was still fun. We had, a, we had a blast. But aside from Epic Game Nights, Ashley Green has been very busy. Her new movie is out, mm -hmm. Bombshell, with Charlize Theron. Is it Theron or Theron? I think it's Theron. Can we Char just say Charlize Theron? Theron. Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, <laughs> John Lithgow. I got to say everyone's name fancy. Jean Lithgow. That's an epic cast. You should see Drew's hands when he's saying these names. When I talk like this, you need to be Italian or French. You need to move your hands. And eat baguettes. And eat baguettes and have wine and cheese. Uh -huh -huh. <laughs> Did you all know that Ashley and Drew have something in common? Very important detail. They were both in Hallmark Christmas movies. That's right. Mine was a Christmas parade a few years ago. And I think it's played now like a thousand times a year. But... 
Ashley's is called... Is Christmas on my mind. Ashley has been very busy this past year, so why don't you guys kick up your feet, relax, and I hope you enjoy this chat with Ashley Green. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love. I know, sir. I'm like trying to push him. Liv is so cuddly. Wait, are you a cuddler? Uh, Well, I am. This is the thing. She loves to cuddle, but the thing is, I overheat. Linda likes to crank the heat in the evening when we're going to bed. And I no, like to, I don't crank the heat because I just use let, yours. Like, let me like, finish the story. That's why I like my heat. She likes to turn up the heat, and then I'm getting really hot, but then she likes to get in close to me to use my heat as well, and then when she's on me, she's overheating me. I'm like, ugh. And my whole thing is I say, Linda, why don't we turn the heat down so it's cool, and then you can come under the sheets to get warm. Yeah. And I'm like, because it's so hot, I can't take off any more layers. I'm naked. <laughs> and I'm like, with you, if you're cold, you can put on the comforter and a parka. Yeah. So, um, See, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I like it to be like 68 degrees when we sleep. But I still, for whatever reason, we cuddle and then like it's like 20 minutes and then I go like roll over. You're like too hot. How is it? Are you like, so Linda's 5'1 and takes up the entire bed. I am 6'4 and I get the sliver. No? No, because I'm just wherever you are because I need your heat. But you starfish. <laughs> She's wherever I am and, and everywhere else on the bed. I'll, you know what I'm going to try doing? I'm going to try while you sleep. I'm going to crawl down to the foot and sleep along the I foot of the bed you. and see if she finds me. Paul, literally, I was in my office working on this, uh, doing, creating content, basically. And I came in and he was literally across the bed. Just And I was like, you, babe. Can you move? And he's like, but I'm so comfortable. I was like, you're literally laying across the bed. Like, who sleeps like that? So so he's the big spoon or you're the big spoon? Um, it depends on the day. Sometimes he likes to be spooned. <laughs> you know? Every now and then, I just need spoon. a really good spoon. <laughs> and so what are you what are you working on now? Besides my spoon skills. Uh, besides uh, my spooning. So, uh, now I have a film releasing called Bombshell, which I'm very, very proud to be a part of. Um, Charlize Theron play, plays Megan Kelly, and it's the takedown of Roger Ailes. Um, so it is a very important message and an important film. Um, so, yeah, that is releasing soon, and I'm just really, really proud to be a part of it. I think it's. Can't wait to see it. I see yeah. marketing everywhere for it. I mean, it's. I haven't seen it yet. But can't wait to see it. it looks amazing. And so, uh, what is it like for you? Is this your first time working with Charlize? <laughs> yes. And so, how was that experience? It was great. I've heard. I've always heard really great things about her. Um, Jason Reitman apparently is really like buddy buddy with her, and uh, he's a friend of mine. So he always tells me these stories about her, and she's great. <laughs> um, but you know, I feel like she's intimidating. Like she's just like this like powerhouse like. Amazon woman, yeah. Um, And uh, I got to set and she just like opens her arms and gives me the biggest hug. He's like, thank you so much for doing this film. And I was just like, this is, I didn't expect this. This is so nice. And she was so warm and engaging. And then, uh, you know, I watched uh, a couple of her scenes and just, she's just so good. No wonder she's nominated. It's funny, she's, I, I bet it's the same for you though. A lot of people would find you intimidating to meet, especially to being a part of a, such a huge franchise mm-hmm. with Twilight in the past. But 
Um, I, I think it's funny to see someone like Charlize Theron who has done some epic roles, epic, epic roles, mm-hmm. and then she'll go into a comedy with Seth Rogen. God, she was so good in that yeah, too. Yeah, she was yeah, amazing I in it. And I think that really sort of grounds people to make, make, make you realize too, they're just an everyday person just like you and me. They want to laugh, they want to yeah. cry, they want to be with friends and family. And they just want to create. Yeah, they want to yeah. create. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So, uh, well, we look forward to the film. And um, next time, you know, I'll, I, I know you sent us premiere tickets um, and we just didn't receive them. Snail mail. So it's prob- yeah, Ooh, so it wasn't your mail. fault, but I thank you for sending those. Next time. I got a couple little notes, um, digging into the, the dirt on you. Uh, oh the, there are so many things in your like your story and your background because obviously Linda and I stalked you and, uh, and we've known you for a while. Well, I was listening to your voice last night. Is that weird? Is this <laughs> how you and Paul go to bed listening to our voices? You tweet down to the property, brother. <laughs> we usually do put people to sleep. Yeah, very boring. So boring. Uh, we, uh, but I saw something that was very funny. So you guys were married a year and a half, mm-hmm. right? And you guys did rock, paper, scissor to figure out who was doing the vows? Yes. You first. did. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so something we would do. Just to figure to, out who went first. Okay, okay. But the thing is, I lost and I was like, but I'm still going first. Uh, <laughs> just on the day, I was like, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose it if he goes first and then I'm not gonna be able to get my vows out. And so Aww. it was cute, but also I did he cry as well? He was like, I was a little bitch during our vows. <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Um, surprisingly, he was very surprised that I didn't cry during my vows, but I think I was so focused on, on not. It yeah. Because once I start crying, it's just like, I don't know, I'm an actor, I'm emotional, like I'm emotionally available. And so once that happens and the floodgates open, it. it's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? That must mean that Linda is the best actor. She's like the Meryl Streep of actors. <laughs> yeah. Because you look at her and say, love, and she'll cry. Yep. <laughs> if, I, if somebody talks about crying, I will cry for them. We cry during The Voice. Like, our thing is we watch The Voice and they have these stories and they sing so beautifully and when we're sitting there, I'm like, are you crying? Oh my God. I'm crying, you're crying. I did Dancing with the Stars and they have the like emotional videos for every person before and they don't show us what the video is before our dance. And so, like, it's nerve-wracking. This is live to hundreds of millions of people all over the world. And uh, I'm standing on stage about to go into a routine that I had to learn. We had to learn uh, like up to three three minute dances a week. And I'm not a dancer, so I'm not used to this. So I'm freaking out, like trying to remember stuff. And then my dance partner, Emma, her big note was, do not look over at the giant, because an entire wall behind me is a big TV. And they're like, do not look over at the screen to see the pre-story that they're showing of you because it's all emotional. It's Linda, it's my family, why I'm doing this. Yeah, it'll mess you up. But I kept like, I'm I'm trying to get in my head for the dance and I'm like, I have to look and I lean over. (laughs) And then right before my dance starts, I'm almost like tearing up and getting emotional. I'm like, no. She's like, I told you one thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that's that's... a good thing. I feel like that's healthy. It is. I agree. So much like weird stuff surrounding crying, where they're like, "Oh, you're not a man if you cry." It's like, no, that's a very healthy thing. No, I think if I don't cry for a while, I my body feels weird because it feels like I need a good cry. Sometimes you you just need it. It's a release, and then you get rid of those emotions and those feelings, and then detox. You know, it is. You know, it's better than meditation. I think. You know, we should get. The three a of us. Crying a crying meditation. Yeah, what do you call it? It's a cry, It's a real cryo session. Yeah. But we're going to get Paul together with us, and we're all going to sit in a circle and cry and see how awkward he feels. Oh, well, just have him be in ping pong, and then you'll cry. No, yes. I will definitely cry. <laughs> probably will. I hear you. So he's pretty good at ping pong? He is. He's extremely competitive. He's good at every sport. He's great under pressure. It's infuriating. See, this is the thing. He's good at every sport. I'm great at every sport. Oh, okay. So. I did not do him justice. <laughs> he's no, literally, he said the other day, he's like, I feel like I can go to the Olympics for a beanbag toss, whatever it's called, like oh the God. cornhole. I um, don't think cornhole is in the Olympics. Yeah, he was like, but if there was, he's like, I could I could be on the Olympic team. And I was like, okay, honey. We'll build one. What's yeah. the game? Usually when you go to like like a little picnic party or something like that, they have cornhole and then they have, it's like the oh. three strings and you have you have a string with balls on either end and you throw it at the strings. Oh, we don't have that one, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we have that um, in Vegas, yes. but I want to challenge him to that because that to me is more addictive than cornhole. I'm and never going to get him back. It's like video games, except better. And basketball. But is, is he good at basketball? Yes, he is. So I take it he's a shooter because he's a little guy compared to me. Yeah, he's a shooter. And it's funny because he's probably, what, like six foot or something? And he's the six little guy. Six one? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of great. I can wear like five, six inch heels around him. <laughs> so, and how tall are you? Five, almost five, six. Okay, see, and Linda, she's... I'm almost 5'9". Five 5'1", five <laughs> she says. On a good day. With yeah. my fingers in the when air When I stretch close. out in the morning. Yeah, so she'll wear her one-foot heels to match my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, your coat, what are you guys, 6'4"? Six, 
six four. four. So this is the thing. We're I'm shrinking in my old age. Okay. So I was maybe six four and a half, and now I'm like just over six four, six four and a quarter. Jonathan always says, "Yeah, I'm six, six five. five. I'm like, Jonathan, you've never been six five in your life. Maybe because like the height. Everyone is- always adds a little bit to their height. Yeah, why not? Yeah. They do. But also, when I played basketball when I was younger, I thought it was cooler to have bigger feet. Like for some reason, I thought if I said I had bigger feet, it made me more awesome. And so I actually started, I worked at a Nike outlet store and I got a discount on shoes. And so I got a pair of size 15 Nikes. And I literally, all I did all day long is I would trip and fall. Like nonstop. What size are your feet actually? I'm a 13. So literally, I would just fall nonstop, and I realized that made me look even less cool. So I decided to just say I'm a 13. Figure that one out real quick. Yeah, pretty quick. But that's why, so I want to see, for Paul playing basketball, I want to do some one-on-one because I used to be a lot better than I am now because I don't play as much, but I used to have a 43-inch vertical, so I could I could touch my head on a 10-foot rim, so I was the white guy that could You'll jump. You'll definitely be invited. So they go over to, like, there's some house in Bel Air that they play at, and it's like a full court, and it's like, I don't know, this real thing, so you can join the team. I've had so many invites, but we've been on the road filming so much, like, Dr. Oz plays a lot, and you know we, we met. I think originally we met during the um, the NBA All Star Celeb Game, and then Jamie Foxx said he likes to do some pickups. So he's also another one who's just good at everything. Yeah, I know, like, and, and singing yeah. and everything. Yeah, I want to see him play the bagpipes because I can beat him at that. And if he beats me at that, <laughs> I give up on life. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I mean, he he's good. one of those people. We're talking about stuff, Curry. Like I feel like it's the same thing. He's it just, is. How, how are you that good at so many things? I don't yeah. understand how like Steph Curry could be pro with golf. He's uh, obviously one of the best basketball players in the league. But Great the, dad. But here's yeah. a good thing. I'm an, oh, he's an amazing dad. Him and Aisha are, are amazing. And. He, so on Brother versus Brother, this is where Jonathan and I are competing, doing, designing two houses. We sell, whoever sells for more money wins, and then all the money goes back to charity, goes back to the local community. But every episode, there's a winning brother and a losing brother, depending on our spaces, and the winner gets a reward, and the reward was go shoot hoops with Steph Curry. And so I won, and then the loser had to be our ball boy. So Jonathan was Steph and my ball boy. Um, but Steph is shooting. He had just done his, his um, post-workout, you know, like cool down, mm-hmm. and he hit 35 three-pointers in a row. And I said, I'm like, that's nuts. So you're, I'm like, you're a robot. You're not human. Like, you can't do it. He's like, oh, my best is like 74 uh, three-pointers yeah, in a row. Amazing. I'm like, what? Like, I can barely get 74. I can barely get four layups in a yeah, row. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, so he said, why don't we do this? We'll, we'll shoot three pointers, and between you and me, whichever one of us miss first is the loser. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> me challenge. and the best shooter in, in, the, in the world. world. Yeah. And so we get out there, and he goes up and he kicks. I think we, it was second. So we both got the first one, and then he kicks up his second shot. He misses, I win, like I got my shot in. Yeah. And then we have this all on video and, and photos. And I got a photo of me. He's kind of like his head down going, oh, like, like he missed. Shucks kind of thing. Yeah, shucks. Because oh, that's what <laughs> someone as cool as Steph Curry would go, shucks. Oh, darn it. And then uh, like an old coal miner, shucks, I didn't get the gold. And then I'm in behind him with my hands over my head doing like the victory, like Rocky pose yeah. at the top of the steps. And it's this ultimate photo. I need to frame it and put it on the wall. I'm right surprised you don't have it. have that up. I actually, I have that in a person. It's under my pillow, and I put it on every night to look at it. Yeah, yeah. like I did good. It's good, but you're, he may be, Paul's good in sports, but you're known for the health side of things. Yes. So tell us a bit about that and how that came to be. Um, I think it started in my youth. So we were always, my, my parents were very smart because they were, they made us B's maybe, but generally straight A's, had to be in advanced classes, had to be in sports, and we had to have our own job um, to buy the things that they didn't feel was necessary that we wanted. Um, and so I've always just been, by nature, athletic. I was on the swim team and dive team. I did competitive cheer and dance. Okay, yeah. Um, I did taekwondo. I was really competitive in taekwondo. Holy smokes. Broke my femur, and then that stopped that. (laughs) Taekwondo. No big deal. But uh, I did not break it in taekwondo. I broke it on the trampoline. Oh, okay. Um, uh, My kids will never have a trampoline. I they are dangerous. Yeah. I'll tell you a whole other story about <laughs> that just, after. We just put up um, a trampoline for our nephews. Oh. No, I'm scared. Just <laughs> um, t- Well, my mom did say, she's like, no, no more than two people on the trampoline at once. And there were three people on the trampoline. And my brother's best friend's knee just like collided with my leg and oh. broke it. Yeah. My mom thinks I was in shock. I think it's because I was in a growth spurt and it just hit. It didn't, I wasn't in this like immense amount of pain. I mean, it hurt. But like they say, grown men like cry and whatever, and it, it was the best scenario for what happened. No, I can tell you, I would have cried. Yeah. I would have cried like a five-year-old child. How old were you? Uh, eleven. Okay. 
my girlfriend screamed because it started swelling, and I was like, that is not helping. Um, and is that why your leg is now an S shape? Yes. Yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> okay, it isn't really, but uh, that would be funny. Um, but, uh, but anyways, I think I had the foundation from that, and then uh, I've just always enjoyed physical fitness. I think that it's, for me, very mental. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can conquer the world if I get up and I crush a workout. Um, my Paul is always like, go work out because you're way happier when you come back. So like I just, to benefit him, you're happier to uh, talk yeah, to him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, every time you come back from the gym, I'm just like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna have a great day. Um, but that, and I think, you know, I just probably partially from living in LA became very aware of, of health inside as well as out. Mm. Um, and then my, I think another big part, my mom's had, her mother died of colon cancer. My mom had Crohn's and it was leaning towards cancer and we, my dad and I were like, well, why don't we look at your diet? Like every doctor swore up and down that it had nothing to do with diet. As they usually do. Yeah, yeah. and she changed her diet and like 90% of her symptoms were gone. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm a big believer of, you know, what you put in your body directly affects what's going on. So. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll have to talk more about that um, because Linda and I are the same. We've actually, you know, we just went to a Deepak Chopra retreat, a wellness center, and we're, we're it was kundalini yoga and it was um, mindfulness and meditation. And then we were talking more about healthy food options and how there are different- uh, Doshas. Doshas. Yeah. Um, and it's di- like different body, body types. types. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's sort of tied into whether you're earth or air or water. Or fire. And or yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I know it does. Yeah. <laughs> Get your rings, unite. But um, but as a part of that, it's there are different foods that work different ways for different people, and it can keep things like cancer away, and it can give you more energy and more libido. <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah, it's fascinating. It's so fascinating how your body can affect your mind, how your mind can affect your body. Mm-hmm. I would actually went to school. I studied kinesiology, and oh, so I was a personal trainer for years. Um, I worked at a facility that, that trained a lot of Olympic athletes too. So I saw a lot of high performance people coming through. And I think that also made me, um, like your husband, uh, want to be an Olympic athlete and think that I could be an Olympic athlete. You've got to think that way though. I think your mind is extremely powerful. When I grow up, I will be an Olympic athlete. Cornhole Olympics. Yeah. We'll create, well I did for Paul's 25th birthday. No, not 25th, 30th. Uh, 25th was in Vegas. Um, I did basically Paul's birthday Olympics and it was all of these like outdoor games and we did. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So we kind of went to the Olympics. Did he compete against his friends? Yeah. Oh, nice. Did he win in the end? Yeah, of course. And medals? Did you have medals? We didn't, I didn't do medals. We'll do it again. We'll do medals. Oh yeah. They do have, he's very competitive. He plays poker also and there are, they have like trophies for these guys all get together and have like, yeah. Lots of tournaments, but I think it's fun. Being competitive is a very good thing. It is healthy. Yeah, it is healthy. I mean, that's the one thing. In a healthy way. Yes, yes, yes. When you look at kids' sports in schools, a lot of schools now they have the, there's no winning or no losing. It's just all participation. And I think when kids are little, little, that's fine because they don't even understand winning and losing. But as you get to a certain age, it's healthy, in my opinion, it's healthy to have competitive spirit because that can drive you in your business world life. It can create better, drive in so many aspects of your life. And you have and, to learn how to be a good loser as well and like yeah. learn yeah. from that. It's real world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree. I think yeah. you should always be striving for that next level. I have one of our best friends is our Olympic fencer and Ooh. he competes all over the world and every time if he gets bronze or if he doesn't get a medal, he's like, well, I didn't walk away with what I wanted, but I learned from this and I'm going to take yeah. this away from it and I'm going to grow and be stronger and like, Get ready for 2020. Yeah, and, and like even Olympians lose. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah well, that dude is the, the happiest, like funniest, goofiest thing. I'm like, you're our Olympic fencer, really? Yeah, and you know what? I do love that though because at that elite level, like, there's a lot on the line for them too, and especially when you think about, you know, for their livelihood, sponsorship, and um, they're putting everything into this, and so if they don't win, like, that's a huge blow to to these athletes. But when you see how much their character shines through when they take it with um, with pride, like you know, a certain yeah. level of pride. They support the other people who defeated them in competition, and they use that to fuel them to come back stronger the next time. Yeah, it mm-hmm. blows my mind. I love it. Yeah, I still, I honestly, I, I love the Olympics. We're going to go to Tokyo, Tokyo this summer. I think we're going to go too. Well, we keep we're like so. Like if you keep winning, that'd be great because we're definitely going to go see him if he's if he's there. This oh, totally. Year. Yeah. Well, we should coordinate this yeah. because we're going to have a couple of friends come, and and that'll actually be one of the events that. Um, 
you know, we'd love to go to as yeah. well. But it's being around that energy. And then also when you're in the Olympic houses, a lot of people don't realize that every country has a house in whatever city the Olympics are in. And so there's the Canadian house, the US house, the, you know, UK, or I don't know if they split Scotland and England up. Maybe they will now. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, so, you know, we, we've hung out at the houses where you get to know the families and it makes it more of an intimate experience with some of these athletes. And it's so cool to hear some of their backstory too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's his whole thing. He got into it because he was kind of troubled as a kid. Like he needed something, I think, to inspire him. And, yeah. uh, and somehow fell into fencing and then just ended up really excelling. And he's like, fencing saved my life. And now he's really working to give fencing more of a household name and, mm. and get kids involved and like get it more yeah. mainstream. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And so tell me, uh, growing up, what was your dynamic with your family? And I know, obviously, they put you into a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. And then how that led you to go into law school. Mm -hmm. Not only do you do all these amazing sports and everything, and you do law school, (laughs) and you get straight A's (laughs) and honor Well, I didn't actually go to law school. That was to my my father and probably cried about it. Um, Yeah, so I, my... He was out by the time I was born, but my my brother was actually born in Japan because my father was a Marine. So he was stationed in Okinawa. Um, So we had a pretty strict household and things. I think that's where I get where I like things. I like structure. My household was very much that you, if you're not good at something, you work hard and you become good at it. Mm -hmm. Like just because you're not good doesn't mean you give up. Um, And that we were above average and we should strive to be above average. Um, but they did it in a very loving way, and their whole mindset was that they wanted our lives to be just a little bit better than theirs were, and they wanted us to have uh, advantages that maybe they didn't have because they grew up very poor. We didn't have a lot of money growing up but didn't know it, mm-hmm. um, which hats off to my mom and dad because I think they did a fantastic job because I was like, oh, wow, we were super broke, but I had no idea because mm-hmm. I, as corny as it sounds, we were very rich as far as like our family life went. Yeah. Um, and... I think core values are what mattered to us. I don't us. think that's corny at all. I think it's the same way, you know, Linda's mom, they, you know, they escaped and came across to Canada to try and give the kids a better life. And it's, uh, you have that richness of family and that love within your family. I think that means more than anything else. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't need money to show you that kind of love is amazing. Yeah. If yeah, you don't need to, like, you can't buy the love and the dynamic you have with your family. Yeah, it's the only reason I'm still sane. I think when everyone's like, how do you navigate like this whole crazy world? And I'm like, it's because like my family through everything kind of remained very, very solid. And they were like, cool that you made it in acting, but like go do the dishes, you know? Like <laughs> so nothing really changed. And for me, that's just invaluable. And, and so when you got into acting, because you started as a model, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got heavy in acting when you were still living at home, you were still a kid? Yeah, so I left, so basically I was homeschooled and then got to a point where in sixth grade I was like, I don't want to be homeschooled anymore. I want where to did you grow up? I grew up in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the first part of my life I grew up on like dirt roads and country and then we moved into Jacksonville. Mm. Um, and I went to a private school and then was there for a couple of years and just really wasn't being challenged the way that I wanted to be challenged. And so I found this magnet program and it was for law, sociology, and psychology, and um, and loved it so much. And I was like, law and, and psychology were the two that I was really, really interested in. Kind of, I think criminal law was what I was leaning towards. And that was, I like already had my psychology teacher who also taught some law stuff, loved me, and so he was gonna set me up with internships, and my parents were over the moon, it was great. And then I ended up taking an acting class because I am not 5'10". And they were like, all right, so if you're going to do it, it's going to be like cover girl or like beauty or fitness, that kind of world. And so they were like, you should take a commercial class to get familiar. And uh, I took that class and just loved it. And the same teacher taught an actual acting class. And I loved the teacher. So I took the acting class and then that was the end of the story. And I totally switched gears. So that was around... I was around, when I first started taking classes, I was around 14. 14. Yeah. And then when was your big break? Um, uh, I mean, you did some uh, smaller gigs before you did Twilight, Mm -hmm. um, but then the magic of Alice came along and... Yeah, changed everything. Um, I got my, so rewind a little bit, by the way, I was like, I want to move to LA, I want to be an actor, and my dad was like, nope, not happening. (laughs) Like after your first acting class, you're like, okay, going to LA. I, well, I'd taken a couple and everyone was like, oh, you have, there's, there's something there. And uh, my mom had to convince my dad because she was like, we've, we've raised our kids and said like, 
you can be anything that you want to be, what you put your mind to. Like there, there is no barrier or limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I want to do this. And I, I was like, no, except for that. You can't do that. <laughs> you can do anything. You can do anything. But that. Yeah. No. Except that one. Nothing in the art form. Um, and my mom was like, listen, another thing we taught them is that our word is everything. And so you can't go back on your word. You just can't do it. And so uh, he gave me a year because I graduated a year early. So I would have just started college. And so he's like, all right, you have a year. And then you have to come back and go to college. Mm-hmm. And um, after a year out here, I was able to support myself. And so he was like, okay, well, as long as you can support yourself. And then the second year I booked Twilight. Oh my, so wow, within two years ago. And and how old were you then? That was 17. I thought you said, how are you now? And I was like, ugh. Well, no, now I I know you're now 63 years old, but. um, (laughs) I keep saying I'm 33 and I'm not. I'm 32. I don't know why. (laughs) Why? But no, when you Um, first moved to LA, that was. I was 17. Oh, wow, 17. And so was there, because I have an acting background as well. As a kid, you know, Jonathan and I, we wanted to act. He wanted to be a magician as well. And so I, you know, we booked some, we did some theater and then we booked some commercials and then we did some small TV stuff. And then we kind of got away from it and started doing real estate while we were in school and that grew. Then I went back, I, I gave myself a year as well. I moved back to Vancouver from Calgary and I was like, that, that was the acting scene in Canada at the time, it was really busy in Vancouver. And I said, I'm gonna give myself a year to go hard and make it happen. And it didn't quite take off. I, I was auditioning a ton. I booked a lot of indie projects. And I even did some student films because I felt that that was like a, I didn't have a ton of money. So I thought that was a way to do like a, almost like an acting class, but on set. Yeah. And I then, love indie films. I, lo- I love yeah. it. Indie films are amazing too. And, and it, you can usually get something that's a real passion project. And so it wasn't quite happening. And I was ready to leave and go back to just real estate. And then all of a sudden this opportunity for um, doing hosting as a real estate expert came along. And at the time I was like, this is, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to be an actor. I want to be like Tom Cruise, actor, yeah. but a foot taller. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so as, cool yeah. And so as I started thinking more about this, I'm like, well, let's give it a shot. You know, I have a bit of a, an improv and comedy background. That's good for being on the fly with my talking and, and the gift of the gab. And so I, I started to audition for that. And then all of a sudden Property Brothers came out of it. So I still ended up doing what I wanted to do in a yeah. totally different realm. But there were a couple of, indie projects and little commercials along the way that were ones I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that or didn't need to do that. I mean, can you find them now? Is this something there's that one, we're We have them. <laughs> well, there's one, and I don't Moving know on. if it'll ever come out as like blackmail material. I'm not, I mean, I have no shame, but yeah. it was, they pitched it to me as this indie project that was artistic and the way, you know, there were, I can't remember what movies, but they were saying it's like this movie where while well, you see the scene, there's like a, like hand-scribed writing that kind of comes up and overlays the film, and, and it was meant to be in a very artistic way. Um, at the end of the, and, and so it was a nude scene. I was supposed to be coming out, and it was a sex scene. And so, um, but at the end of the day, the script, it was, a, it was a zombie film. And it was basically the woman that I was getting intimate wow. with was turning into a zombie while I'm, uh, and so I'm like, well, that it sounds, good, huh? they pitched it so well. And I'm like, it sounds so, this could have been the next Twilight, you never know. Yeah, it's true, and, uh, and in the end when I saw it, it just looked like, a, it looked like almost like a B-rated porn, I don't know. It looked terrible, but yeah, Yeah, at the end, I mean, the only nudity of me is you see my bare butt, but um, I just thought it was funny because it turned out terrible and that is floating around somewhere. But so for you, was there anything that you had booked in that first year or so that was something that you did because you were, you were go-go, but you were kind of like, I wish I didn't do that. Well, I think my first year I was like, I'll take anything. I'm going to do anything. (laughs) I also like didn't have that traditional training that I, I was craving it for a really long time, and then finally he was like, yeah, I'm learning things on set and I don't need yeah. to go to college for it. But, um, but so I was kind of like, yeah, I took all the classes I could take, took any job I could take. Um, I, I'm trying to think, I did this independent where I like, basically was part of this weird, like, <laughs> not torture scenes wrong, but like it was like this <laughs> chick that was kind of being tortured. She was like locked up. So you like, also did be rated I was, porn. I okay. was in like a cheerleading outfit. And then <laughs> in, during, this idea this director came up with, he's like, so I want you to be like, basically, I want you to match the the lion that roars during the opening credits. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, they wanted me to like MGM. mimic that with my scream and I just imagine it's not, that footage is somewhere. Can you send this to me when you find it? <laughs> I will try and find it. I will try and find it. I will... What's the name of this project? I have to like see. I don't even remember oh, the name of the you're project. Pretending. You totally no, no, know. no. I will. I will look <laughs> it up for you. We did this. I was on set 
And we looked up all of our bad music videos and all watched them together. So this will be another version of oh my gosh. the things that should stay in the vault that they're not going to. So bad music video. No, but that's the whole thing. If you really, like the way I, I feel like as an actor too, I, you have to let go of any of your shame or your insecurities because that yeah. will help you grow. Mm -hmm. And for me, I did some of these things and I, I, you know, I kind of wish I didn't do it. But um, at the end of the and day, now it's a funny story. I've yeah. learned from yeah. it and it's a funny story and it's all a part of the path that took me to where I, to where I am. Yeah. What were these music videos? Um, one of them actually is like, is really beautifully done. The other one is a music video I did for this band called Mest. Mm -hmm. And um, basically I, it's called Kiss Me, Kill Me. And so it's this whole like, video where there's like the skeezy guy in the corner and you see me kind of hitting on this other skeezy looking guy and then we just, and it's awful. Um, and then we just like kind of make out the whole time and then uh, I go home with him and then there's like this fight scene and then you find out I killed him and it's just, I mean, mm -hmm. the general idea it was probably good but it was super low budget and I was probably all of 18 and you know. Had, had my like Abercrombie skirt on that I brought to dress myself. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I, to be honest, I actually kind of like some of those old indie projects. Or like I did some music videos as well, and some of them actually turned out pretty great. Yeah. Some of them were really cheesy. We even did a commercial. It was, um, it's I think it's called the Big Rock Eddies. It's a like a, an award for there's a, a like a beer brand in Canada, mm -hmm. and they get people to, to pitch them commercial ideas. And so people like thousands of people do commercials. We did one mm -hmm. of that, and it was Jonathan and me at the club. And then we meet these ladies at the club, and then we all want to go to the dance floor. But like most guys, they don't at the club. <laughs> most guys don't want to dance. And so what we end up doing is we have a quick idea. We go and get ourselves the the beer, the Big Rock beer. And then our smart idea is we had mannequins magically at the club and we put mannequins on the dance floor in our clothes with the girls and so the ladies are dancing and like, these guys are so good. And then Jonathan and I are sitting just in our underwear at the side drinking our Big Rock beers. That's kind of genius, it, actually. It's, it's kind of funny, but yeah. it, the cut didn't turn out great and it just looks pretty bad. I think bad. that you're identical as well. That's, that adds a factor of yeah. like yeah. weirdness. Maybe. <laughs> that we were both in our underwear together drinking beer. Yeah. Cheers, bro. There there brothers you just reminded me. So one of the, my videos were not that bad. One of our, Another. the guys in the film um, had a video and it's him making love to a mannequin. Oh. And then the mannequin gets pregnant. And then it's like, but it's like the, the sex scene is really uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. To watch. This is kind of like, how embarrassing. There's one where like a guy was supposed to be doing drugs, but then uh, it was a country video and they were like, we can't show that. So he's like acting like he's withdrawing, but it's just from smoking too many cigarettes, which is kind of like turned out weird. And then the other guy was like, here's mine. And it was like him oh really God. making love to a mannequin. So yeah. be honest, it's Robert Pattinson, isn't it? Well, that's I knew it. Now everyone knows he has a thing for mannequins. He does. He would. So, <laughs> I'm going to ask him that when I see him. Ashley Green said you love mannequins. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. <laughs> Now, tell us about the whole Twilight phenomenon. So how did that come to be? You booked that very quickly in, into your acting career in L.A. or when you moved to L.A. Yeah. Um, it's like the dream for any actor that goes to L.A. to, to get into a, a franchise like that. It's bananas. Still to think about, I'm like, it's... Everyone always asks, like, did you, like, see it coming? And I was like, the studio didn't even see it coming. Right. Like, I don't think anyone could have foreseen something becoming that big. Um, of a phenomenon, um, but you know, it was, it was. I was just excited to book my actual. It was like my first real role, which is just it's bananas that that was like my first role because mm. everything else is like a day player role where you go on, you work for a day, and then and then Killer you're done. Cheerleader and everything else, yeah. Yeah, I was a McDonald's customer. I was a cheerleader that got killed, and then I was Alice. Um, but uh, you know, I was super. I auditioned for it five times, um, mm. and I actually. It came down to me and one other girl, and the other girl always ended up booking over me. 
And I was like, like no, you guys would always go up uh, yeah, in front like of the same row. Are you allowed to say who it is? Uh, yeah, Lucy Hale, who's actually okay. one, one of my friends. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, take that, Lucy. Bam. You know, she's like, take pretty little liars. Boom. <laughs> she's just crushing the game. Um, but um, but she was one of the girls I was up against, and I was like, oh my god, this chick always books over me. Like it's always between me and her. Um, and uh, and Stephanie Meyer, the writer, saw my audition and was just like, oh, that's Alice. Like I was what she had in her head, which yeah. is also nice. bananas to think about that someone had a version of me in their yeah. head. Um, but um, booked it and then, you know, we went to Portland and we were all, I was 20, uh, I think, and we were all kids and just had no idea what we were doing. Like a lot of us had, it was the first time I'd really like been on set. So I learned a lot of what it was to be a working actor on Twilight. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe how time has flown by since that. Because, well, one, I think you literally are a vampire because you have not aged a minute <laughs> know, right? since then. But, um, but that, yeah, what is it? That's 10 years ten, ago. Yeah. Ten, year, 10 years ago it released, so. Yeah. 11 years ago, I guess. So after finishing that, you must be on this high. Mm-hmm. Is do you put a lot of pressure on yourself to, you know, try to book like the next big thing or are, do you just take it project by project? So after Twilight, it is like no matter what, it's just one something that a lot of people don't relate to or can't really give advice on and don't understand, mm-hmm. uh, which was a little a little difficult because I was going, this is the thing, like that was my identity for a really long time, mm-hmm. whether I wanted it to be or not. Um, and so coming off of that, yeah, I was a little lost as far as like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and what steps do you take next? And there was a lot of pressure put on every move that I made. We were also kind of under a microscope. So it was like yeah. every move was calculated. And I was very, I was pretty good about not letting it, you know, affect my everyday life. Like some of our cast members like wouldn't leave their house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough and I put a lot of pressure on it. And f- to be honest, for... There was a moment in time where I didn't even know if I wanted to, to act anymore, and I, it just wasn't fun yeah. for me anymore. Like it, a lot, you know, it was just so, it was stressful um, because of not because of the job, but because of all of the external pressures that come. That external and just like it. yeah, and, and trying to figure out like I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and a lot of other people put pressure on me to what my next move was going to be, and so it was just like rather than going like you know what I like this project, I want to do it. There were. 10 people saying, well, mm, if you do this, then like they might, it might do this and maybe that's not the best move. And like to make a decision by myself was not something I was like capable of doing yeah. at the time. Um, you know, and I was young and cut to now, I am basically like, well, if I like it, I'm going to do it. And yeah. I don't, yeah. I think that the, the nature of the industry has changed a lot. Um, there used to be a lot of things that you didn't dare do. Um, mm. And now I just feel like we're kind of allowed yeah. To choose any creative outlet. And, and yeah, yeah, and it's like if I like this, like I like indie films because they are gritty and and a lot of the people working on them really want to be there because they believe in the project and you just get kind of some liberties that you don't necessarily get with studio films. There's mm-hmm. also a huge benefit yeah. to the studio films and you get to work on green screen and create these fantastical worlds. Um and I just now I'm like I think that I like having a balance yeah. of both and like Paul and I are kind of like, you know, we have a red camera and we're both creative. And if it's December and a lot of actors aren't working, like, let's just create a short, which yeah. That's amazing. five years ago I never would have done because I'm like, well, what if someone sees it and then it's not good or my, you know, blah, 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 the production value. And now it's just. Well, I think that's the creator in you. That's that's the, um, that imaginative person in you that wants to come out and always create. It's the same here. Like I. <clears throat> When I wasn't able to um, book these big gigs that I was wanting as an actor, I just started making short films. And so um, I, we did one where, and we had no money. We had literally no money. And I just I had been doing some um, photo doubling for Tom Welling on, on Smallville. So whenever it would <laughs> no cut to his abs or his butt, that was me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was doing, like standing in photo doubling. And um, anyway, so I talked to the, the electrics department and I talked to the camera department. A couple of them, I said, hey, any chance if you guys are bored, somebody can lend me some equipment and help. I pulled every favor I could and I made a short film. I think we had something like 20 actors. It's a short film. Mm-hmm. At 20 actors, I had this massive location that was a build out. It was called Karma Inc. And uh, it's basically like um, positive and negative karma on the planet. And so it was this big ordeal, but I wanted to make it happen because I wasn't working on some 
project. I didn't book a gig as an actor, and mm -hmm. I made another one that was like a thriller, and it was uh, with one of the Vancouver Film School, mm -hmm. and it was their writers that wrote it. I came in and directed it and produced it, and then they had all their um, film students that shot it for me. And again, I had I had cast it, and I had three days to fully cast it, and I had three and a half hours to shoot everything, and it was a, it was a ten page project with six cast. That's insane. And I hammered it out. And I think wow. the one thing that I love that that's a good reminder for me is, you know, our production company, we produce, I think we produce the most home content um, than any other production company yeah. for uh, HGTV or Discovery. But, you know, budgets, especially um, union gigs and whatnot, like some of the money in the, uh, for these projects, it's massive and you have a lot of crew. But this is a reminder for me that sometimes you can go minimal and still get a great project without having to spend a ton of money or too much time. Yeah, and it's the, I think, if you are a creative, it's the whole experience and just, I feel like being able to make something and not having that the pressures around it yeah. is a really beautiful thing and it makes you kind of appreciate everything all over again. Mm -hmm. And I part of it, I think Paul's like a really huge factor yeah. in that with me because he is a very, he's like, let's just do it. Like, yeah. Let's just go do it. And like, he's my partner in crime now, so I feel like we have each other, so like, yeah. Whatever What's the else worst happens, that can happen? yeah. yeah, and it's a really, really lovely feeling. But yeah, he and I are like, let's. That's our plan. Like over because it, it's pretty slow. Like December, January usually yeah. is just to we want to do a short film together. So we're just going to like drive out and, nice. and create some magic. Yeah, and, and you know what, you're that kind of personality too, and you've had so many great um, projects that you've worked on in the past that you know a lot of talented actors mm -hmm. who also might be down for the next two months, and so you could pull together some amazing yeah. people that will actually make it a, a, a cool project um, that will get interest. Yeah, well, um, that's, that was the other thing. We're like, we are surrounded by so many talented people and kind of different facets of the industry. Why are we not just yeah. working with our friends? Like, we all have the ability to do it. Why are you winking at Linda and I right now? Like, um, I notice you're <laughs> talented people. <laughs> so you, you're, you're more looking really at Linda than me when you're saying talented people. I Why saw your craft room. That's, that's I saw thing. it. <laughs> But no, that's exactly it. And I, and I think all like-minded people like, like yourselves and like, like us, we gravitate towards each other. When, when we first moved to um, LA and we're spending more time here, a lot of people had said to us, well, be careful, you get sucked into the, the industry and you know, it's a lot of, you know, it's cutthroat and there are a lot of people that are you know, superficial. You gravitate towards the type of people you are. Yeah. And we have found such an amazing community of people here. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe it's the Canadian in us. We're just so friendly. <laughs> they are so nice. I always say I work with Canadian actors. I'm like, I just know it's going to be good. And you were actually, you were just up in Vancouver filming as yes. well, which is where I'm from. Yes. I love, so Vancouver is the only place that I know that Paul will come visit me. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> loves Vancouver. I finally, I was doing a show a long time ago. I was like, I'm here for like three months. Just come, like, I can't come back. Come see me, come see me. He finally came and was like, so I might just like stay and we should get a house here. And I was like, oh, Vancouver really? oh, is like wow. as expensive as LA. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's so lovely there. And so, yeah, I um, I just uh, was working on a Hallmark film oh, called nice. Christmas on My Mind. And so, Ooh. yeah. <coughs> Christmas on My Mind. So you're going to be the new, you know that I did a Hallmark movie, right? Yes. Did, did you know that? Yes, okay. I do. Mm -hmm. Christmas parade. I also know everything about you. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so we're going to have to put you to the test. Do you know everything about Linda as well? I don't. Ah. Oh, Jamie Jonathan just talks about you. Oh, okay, yeah. good. See, I, it's a twin thing. It's actually, I'm, I'm making him, we have a connection and I can make him talk about mm -hmm. me mentally. But uh, it was funny, we did Christmas parade. I did that years ago. And it was, you know, we were shooting Property Brothers up in Toronto at the time and the producer reached out and said, hey, we'd love to cast you as our male lead. Um, but they needed 10 days uh, of my time to shoot uh, as the lead. And I said, I can't do it because I was already filming and we had like 30 houses on the go or something. And so I said, I could give you four days. Um, does that help at all? And so the, the, the male lead is this really nice guy that helps the female lead, Annalyn McCord, you know, oh. uh, overcome some of her insecurities and, and um, her busy lifestyle to actually, you know, cherish what means the most in life, and that's family and, and, and love. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so um, I'm like, oh, unfortunately, I can't play that character. And they're like, well, we have the other, the supporting male role. You can play him. And I'm like, oh, great. What's the character? And he's like, oh, he's the douchey real estate investor. <laughs> Uh, the the fiance and I'm like yeah I can play Jonathan no problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's funny so I, that uh, you do a Hallmark movie which have you done any in the past or is this your first one no this is my first one so my buddy Ryan Rotman worked did two films with them and was like Ash it's just it's such a great family and it's a great company to work for you should and like it started because he and I 
where he was like, do you want to come do a movie with me? It films in Palm Springs, it's Hallmark. And I was like, yeah, sure. again, yeah. like same thing where like years ago, I'd been like, oh, I don't know, you know, is this the yeah. right move? Do I do? But I was like, yeah, I want to work with my friends. Let's yeah. do it. And they had already cast their female lead, but it, we kind of put it out there into the yeah. universe. And then they came and asked me to do a Christmas film. And, and I was like, I love Christmas. So fun. Yeah. Well, honestly, Christmas films and thriller like or like horror type films, mm-hmm. they will like they they sell like crazy. Like they, yeah. they they do so well and everybody loves to watch them. And like the Hallmark movie, I did it I, what, I, five, like five years ago or something like that. Ago. And it played a hundred times that year or and more. It still and, plays. and every year it plays <laughs> the same amount. So it'll it'll yeah. be evergreen. And I think once you're in with one of those um, um, outlets, they want to use you and use you and find other ways. Yeah. So it's, if you're not a jerk, yeah, yeah exactly. They'll use you again. Wait, why haven't they used you again? That's why I haven't filmed them again. I'm a jerk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but since you did, I, you know what? I felt bad though when we we're filming because we we were filming it in July in the peak heat time in uh, in just outside of Toronto, mm-hmm. and so lucky for me, I had to be in like a suit as like real estate go getter yeah. guy, real estate but, douchebag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but everyone else that were, were in these the roles, they had to play. They were wearing like big, like thick, like Santa Claus parkas yeah. and Santa yeah, outfits. That's how it usually goes. I feel like I got really lucky. And all the all the films I've worked on recently, like I've gotten very lucky as far as like the clothing and stuff goes. Uh, they shoot, I guess, all of their stuff like it's either super hot or it's like freezing, and it's right. in like Winnipeg. Yeah, and I shot in Vancouver when the leaves were turning. And, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. that's great! The most beautiful. And time. you've shot Twilight there too, right? That was yeah. Vancouver. Yeah, I we did so. the the first one we shot in Portland, and then mm. um, we moved to Vancouver. Right, was, tax credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, it goes a long way. But I mean, people ask us for our shows where we film. They they think we film it all in Canada, or they think we film it all in. LA or something like that, but the, the thing I love is we actually move around because we want to show, you know, we, we air globally. We're in over 160 countries, but we like to show people different types of houses, different neighborhoods, different styles of living. And yeah. so, you know, the Canadian tax credits help when we go up and film up there, but we've done Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, we've done LA, Vegas, um, Austin, Austin, Atlanta, Nashville. Galveston, Texas. Um, New Orleans, New, Orleans, yeah. um, New York, New Connecticut. Orleans was fun. Oh, it was amazing. It was and such a cool city. The color they get away, it's like San Francisco a little bit, but the color they get away with down there for the aesthetic of their homes, yeah. the exterior, it's just gorgeous. And yeah. we did a we did an opening promo for it, and it was actually there's a really well known street band. I can't remember what they're, they're called. This marching band, and we had them going down the main streets. Like I think it was French Quarter. French in the French, French Quarter, yeah. um, and we're all walking down the street. We're like a whole cheering band, and then all the people from the community just started joining us and walking with us and it was like that would be so awesome it literally it like felt a like a thousand people yeah because that's how they do funerals down there right well yeah I mean it's more like of a, a celebration, celebration of life yeah. yeah exactly and it was that's so much fun that's what we want for our funerals and like yeah. why celebrate my yeah. life yeah, yeah exactly I, I think the, the fun vibe that we had down there but that's what we love we meet we meet our fans in different cities we're helping families in different cities we're almost at 400 houses that we've renovated 400 that's families so we worked with on the shows you just well, finished your house right your renovation yes yeah, yeah. oh man so happy. Didn't call us to help. Uh, you didn't, I didn't call us to help. You know, you guys are kind of busy. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's like one of those things where when you're friends with someone who does this for work, you don't want to ask them to come over and help you with what they do for work. But what did you end up doing? So what kind of projects? Uh, we did, we took out our load-bearing wall. Um, the one dun, big, dun, dun. <laughs> And the house did not fall down? It did not fall down. Okay. But I was really, I was like, so we're, how was this staying up? Like, it was very, very <laughs> <laughs> concerned. Um, I had my dad come out, because my dad basically built the first house that we had. And oh, so he's, so cool. yeah. He's, he's the one to make sure that one, I'm not being taken advantage of, and yeah. two, that it's Aww. done correctly. And, and so. side note, your dad will probably appreciate this. We get it all the time where fans will tweet us and say, hey, I want to take down this wall. Is it load-bearing? And I'm like, if you're tweeting me asking if I should take down this wall. Do not talk do it. not. Bring yeah. a professional. Don't ever, if it, just, yeah, don't do it by yourself. No. I've, I've gotten past that point. I was like, well, not. Paul's a city boy, so yeah. he's definitely not a contractor. He admits that he's not handy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's There's like, one thing I can beat him at. Yes, 100%. So your dad helped yeah. do all the so renovations? My, my dad just comes out and kind of like supervises a lot of the time. Um, but we took out our load-bearing wall because to open up the kitchen. Um, we got this huge like 10-foot by 6-foot island that I am so obsessed with. Because nice. we're just, we uh, we love hosting. We host game night. We host football games. And so it was, Paul was always, he's he's also the chef. Uh, so he, he's always like in the kitchen preparing platters and then like having to bring them out. So... We opened that up and then we sanded and stained our entire house, painted everything. We pretty much touched every piece of our house except for the bathrooms, which is kind of the next stage in the game. But um, 
it was a long process, but of course it's, it's worth it. Now it yeah. feels like our home also, because um, we've really like, you know, we we have a similar style. We butt heads on, on a couple of different things, but for the most part, like, yeah, we created this oasis that we both love and we both come home and it's just like, I feel like your house should be like, when you get home, you're just like, Exactly. Like that's I don't know how else to articulate yep. it, but yeah. that's that's what how we, we always... feel. Yeah, and we have. I was looking at your rooftop. It's like there's an oasis. Like it's your little LA is so hectic yeah. uh, that it's just nice to come in. You can't hear anything when you get inside our gate, and it's just a little oasis. Yeah, you love it. It's hard to get me to leave my house. Once yeah. I leave, I'm like, oh yeah, LA is so beautiful. But <laughs> yeah. it's... well, but you also have your house is from the 50s, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's got so much cute character already and to be able to cherish that. But then, you know, the, the thing is a lot of these older homes, they, they didn't have the modern functionality that we need. Yes. You know, people had less stuff. They also liked a lot of that com- compartmentalized feel. Mm-hmm. Now we have more of that open flow and entertaining style of living. And so I don't think, a lot of people think you can't, if you change these old houses, you're ruining them. No, there are ways to cherish what this house was, just like what we tried to do here. But and making it your own. But make it your own and make your it actually function Your house can grow and change lifestyle. the same exactly. way that we do, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what aspects did you guys butt heads on? Um, he likes, wanted very just like bold, bold colors. And like originally when we got the house, he wanted to paint the walls. I was like, white, paint them white and then, you know, decorate with color or whatever. And, and he wanted it this kind of like beige color and we paint them white. And he's like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> and so just mainly it was like masculinity versus femininity, yeah. I think, and finding a way to kind of marry those two things. Yeah, uh, That was a, a balance. I mean, Lynn and I both like a lot of those sort of lighter tones and, and you know, uses of color or pastels. And, um, but we also do like a bit of moodiness sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us, it was just finding the right balance. Like, for example, what you see here, we have yeah. black walls. Um, we have some, <laughs> some of the, the dark stain for the wood wall features and, and whatnot. But it doesn't feel overly masculine. Like, right. like people would say, it actually still feels like a comfortable space that anyone can enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was like our big thing too, finding, like I love having, like we have a concrete fireplace and we have our wood floors, which I wanted darker. And so, yeah, we had to kind of figure out how to, to balance things out so that it wasn't so dark overall. We have like this huge restoration cloud couch that is wonderful and like makes people feel comfortable Ooh, when they yeah. come over. But it gets, it's, you know, it's not sleek. And so I wanted to make sure that we, that everything else had really clean lines so it didn't yeah. look frumpy. Like there's yeah. just, yeah. And so, you know what that, I mean, you have an inner designer in you. I, I think, <laughs> honestly, you do. The way you're, you're talking about um, your textures and your balance, it's so important. A lot of people think, I like modern, so I want clean lines on everything and I want white. And so people will, you know, go and do that to their home and then all of a sudden it just looks like the wing of a hospital or yeah, it's it looks super sterile. Yeah. You can still have some plush, uh, rounded uh, pieces yeah. that fit into a modern design, and it actually gives more interest in having everything square edged and, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, sterile. We definitely, and that's, I think, thankfully, like we were never gonna, same way with our wedding planning, is the same way that we approached uh, designing our home is that, like, if we ever start fighting about something, we need to just step away. Yeah. Because then it's not fun anymore, and what we're trying to do is create yeah. an environment that makes us both really happy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, we don't wanna tarnish the whole process. Right. Um, it's not worth it. And so, yeah, I think, you you know, I wanted I wanted white walls and I wanted uh, like Carrera countertops, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Well, I want them to go all the way up the wall." And he's like, "That's so much white." Um, so we did like a really pretty blue for our cabinets. And, oh, nice. Yeah, oh, I look but, forward to seeing the finished handiwork that you guys have, yeah. have been doing over there too. Did you guys both plan your wedding? Like, like were you guys both really hands on? <laughs> yeah, he was. I was I was no. micromanaging everything, and then he I would call him and I I I lean on him a lot for his opinion because I do think that he has a really he has a really beautiful mind. It's crazy Aww. like the ideas and things he just creates out of thin air. Like I'm really great at is executing. that like is that like saying you're special? No, he's it's crazy. Not, it's not crazy? interesting. <laughs> um, no, but like he creates worlds. Yeah, like he whenever you watch things, especially like he's really big into animation. You watch these animated films, and you're like, how did they come up with that? Like he has the ability mm. just to create these fantastical worlds. Mm. And so um, we wanted to create this kind of really, it was like a mix between like a fairy tale and Game of Thrones was what oh, our, our cool. venue was. Amazing. And so, um, you know, I wanted it to be both of us. Like I wanted yeah. people to walk into the same way that with our house, same thing with our wedding. Like when you walked into our wedding, it was like Paul and Ashley and you saw both of us versus me just planning yeah. everything. Yeah. That, no, that's amazing. Yeah. And 
with that fairy tale Game of Thrones, nobody died. No one right? died. We did okay. not kill off anyone. No fire, okay. no dragons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that's... But there was, a, there was a fire-breathing dragon. I mean, it was fake fire, but there's actually this dragon. Wait, that you was guys built. actually had a dragon? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wow. Was, yeah. So it's this venue called Nestledown, which a lot of people didn't... In probably LA? still don't know about it. It's, um, no, we flew into San Jose. San Jose. So it's in the Redwoods, and it is this property that is so beautifully curated, and they, it used to be their family home. So, like, there are parts of it that they built. There's, like, a little fairy tale cottage that they built for one of their daughters, and then the Dragon Game of Thrones area was what they built for their son. Oh, my gosh. And it was, like, our playground. That's so that cool. That is so cool. I want to go there. They had ponies. And many horses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like a fairy tale. Our, yeah. our sister-in-law um, got married, or my brother my and, and, yeah. um, and Annalie just got married. And she, oh, I thought you were talking about Hannah. No, no, well, San Jose. Her, yeah. her sister lives in San Jose, <laughs> but my brother and um, his now wife, Annalie, they got married and she, they wanted a bit of that fairy tale feel, but he, they also did a theme. They got married on Halloween. And so uh, oh, wow. they had, everyone had to dress up like a movie character. Um, and there were some Twilight people. And uh, anyway, they, they wanted everyone to go all out, no cheap costumes. My dad even went as Braveheart with the half-painted blue was, face. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, my, my, everyone went, went all out. And uh, anyway, she rode in on a Percheron, which is like a giant Clydesdale horse. Oh, wow. And her dad led the horse. Um, and so it was just really cool. Same thing as you guys. They wanted to have a fairy tale feel. JD had all the groomsmen were dressed up like the old Mortal Kombat ninjas. Like, like, so, <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. Oh, it, was it was so, so much fun. fun. It was he, so them, it like was it so couldn't them. have been anyone else's wedding. And that's it, right? Yeah. It's your day. It's yeah. about you. I, I just want, I want everyone, I want this to be just like, I want you to be able to feel the love and I want it yeah. to be everyone that we're comfortable with and I want everyone to be able to have a great time mm-hmm. and like, I just don't, like, I don't, I also just, just like, I don't want to meet someone that I don't know. Yeah. On my wedding day. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're both coming up on our, our um, or all, all of us are coming up on our two years. So I think what we need to do is we need to all renew our vows and then we'll do an epic. Olympics? Like some sort of an Olympic wedding. A game wedding. Olympics. Yeah. A game Olympics wedding. This is really catering more towards Paul and me. Yes. But, um, <laughs> we had our day. Yeah, now you guys yeah. get your day so, for the two right. years. We'll, we'll, this time Paul and I will coordinate the entire okay. thing. I think yeah. we're into the games as much as you guys are. Yeah. Or like yeah. an escape room. Oh, Yeah. Escape rooms are So fun. it's like trivia of our vows and like each other. This is good. I yeah. think this is a good thing. <laughs> I think we could come up with something really good. People well, are going to start mimicking it. We have our work cut out for us now, so um, yeah. we don't have time to continue talking. We need to get to work. <laughs> okay, see you later. I thank you so much for coming and to hang out with us. Thank and it's, you so much. It's fun yeah. to dig in and learn so much about your, your history and... We should go, all go to yoga together. Yes. Paul. And if, I feel like if I'm like, guys... Linda and Drew want to go to yoga. He'll be like, okay. That's safe. Yeah. But, if I, but if I'm like, uh, let's go, he's like, I'm not going to yoga. I'm not going but to yoga. What we'll do too is we'll tell him that we're going to be shooting a short film about it. And then it'll be like the I'll two. I'll like, it's for my YouTube channel. You know, there we go. Him and I are the yoga instructors, and we're teaching you guys to get more in touch with your inner self. Please. There you go. Right. Also, you can do this. I'm planning it. Have you seen the videos where, like, you do your makeup, and then he voices over? Oh, how no. you're doing your makeup? No. Yeah, we're gonna That's, do it. You so I do, I do Paul's makeup or I do Linda's makeup. She does her makeup, but it's basically voice you over. voicing over what oh. she's doing. That's but also, hilarious. Paul and our friend Ryan. So we have we go just like weddings, weddings, weddings. Lots of weddings. We're in that age bracket. Yeah. Um, and we have like the couple that we share a room with if we end up wanting to share rooms. Uh, and every time we're at these like wedding things, they're like. You guys should let us do your makeup, and we should see who can do your makeup better. And the boys just really want to do our makeup for some reason. So if you guys want to join in on yes. this, like it's gonna be, we're gonna do like a competition. And I feel like you guys are like Paul. Paul again. Paul's also an artist, uh, so oh. I feel like because he paints, that he might actually have a shot. Yeah, too. but you know what though? Does I'm he, telling you. Does like, he do <laughs> abstract? Because then he'll give you abstract makeup on your face, and it'll be like the lips that comes right off up to your Make eyebrow. Make look and, like a Picasso muse. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Halloween makeup. We'll work on this. We're in. We're done and done. I want Paul to do mine, though, not you. <laughs> We're going to switch the spouses. Gonna, Good luck. I'm going to do my do you, own. How are you with like painting and drawing? Listen, I was, I was actually a clown as a child. That was mm-hmm. our, my first entertaining gig. My parents were like, Jonathan and Drew have too much energy. What can we do to get them out of the house and stop annoying us? Oh, look, clown's cool. And so we had to do our own makeup. So I'm actually very good. I may make you look like a clown. But I am good. Um, and Again, I feel like we should let them do this during Halloween because it seems like... Yeah. Yes, that's our favorite time of year. Uh, Al, uh, Linda is definitely the uh, artist in the family. I would say that, but I try. Thanks so much. That's yeah, awesome. This is so fun. fun. I loved chatting with Ashley. I think she is 
Super cool, super chill, so nice. And also with this being New Year's, people have the resolutions. She's the right person to talk to because she is all about going for it. Mm -hmm. I loved her story about her coming to LA and her dad gave her, what, one or two years to one year. make or break her career. Otherwise, she had to go home and she made it happen. Sometimes you need that pressure. I remember I gave myself one year when I tried to go after acting and it didn't exactly pan out, but then all of a sudden hosting became an opportunity for me. And so that took off in a different direction I didn't expect. So I like to, she's a very positive person. Ashley keeps her mind open to opportunities that arise. And I think that's why she's been busy ever since she got her first big gig with Twilight. Mm -hmm. I thought her story about her wedding was super cute. How she said Paul was crying way more than she did. You said it in a much more eloquent way than Ashley did. But, uh, you know, I will admit, sometimes men cry. Paul cried at his wedding, it's great. I cried at our wedding more than you. And then when you cry, I cry. Yeah, and then everyone in the audience cries. Yeah. <laughs> and we even got video footage of Jonathan weeping heavily and your sister, April, weeping in the audience more than we were. So that made it okay. April cries at everything. You can just say the word cry and your sister cries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also do love the health and fitness side, the wellness side of Ashley and what she was talking about. I think that's something that's inspiring a lot of other people too. She posts a lot on social media, sharing her stories and her journey. And I think that's a great way to influence other people. So I say we need to do some push-ups right now and see who can do more. All right. Go. 30. I just did 50. 50. 100. Wow. I'm doing like one-handed push-ups. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us, everyone. We want you to give us your feedback. So hit us up on Instagram at symbol at home. So at, 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 at home. home. And you can also email us at feedback at athomepodcast.net. And we want to give a huge thanks to our podcast producer, Brandon Angelino. Our music, Feels Like Home, is by Chad Carlson and Victoria Shaw. And our awesome researcher, Annalie Bell, and assistant, Tori. Rock stars, the rock stars of this podcast. We will see you guys again soon. Until then, adios. Thanks so much. Wait, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, I'm like missing I'm someone. Oh, I miss you <laughs> and love you. Dun, 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 dun. ADT <laughs> now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. <laughs> da, da. Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google. <laughs>